Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Christian Church here in Southern New Hampshire, and we are on day 30 of a 40-day journey where we are learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom so that heaven may get into us and through us, our communities and world might see God's kingdom come and his will be done. And as you heard right, day 30, we are three quarters of the way through. And if you have been listening throughout this whole journey, way to go. If you're just jumping in, we're glad to have you. And I encourage you to go back and, and listen to prior episodes as much as each one of these can kind of stand alone. They really have been built in a sequential way. But within our journey, we're spending a few days exploring reliable patterns of spiritual transformation. And my hope is that uh, within the next 10 days or so, you will have a better understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit, how you can actually become and live like Jesus. And I would love for you to actually create and craft and formulate a plan to help you create the conditions for transformation in Christ-likeness to be possible and lived in your life more and more. In the last episode, we looked at one reliable pattern of spiritual change from Dallas Willard called the Vim Factor. Before that, we looked at John 15 and saw this progress from abiding to obedience to abundance as another one of these uh, reliable patterns for spiritual change. And so today, I'd like to explore another transformational dynamic that Dallas Willard writes about in his just magisterial book, The Divine Conspiracy. He calls it the golden triangle of spiritual growth. Now, quick confession. I thought I had misplaced this book on my shelf when I was getting this podcast together and just a sickening feeling came over me like I had lost my passport in Texas or another foreign country. Sorry about that, Texas. I can't throw you under the bus without making mention that recently in New Hampshire, a vote was taken to secede from the United States of America, and 13 people in Congress voted to do so. Mercifully, it uh, failed big time. But times like these, where such behaviors are starting to occur, call us to spiritual growth and change, don't they? T.S. Eliot famously said, we want to create a system so good that we don't have to be good. Let me say that again. We want to create a system so good that we don't have to be good. But I believe the best action each of us individually can take to forge a better future for our country is to become more and more like Jesus. So in The Divine Conspiracy, Wilder looks at the three sides of this triangle of transformation within the overall context in which this dynamic best works, which is in the center of the triangle. Each of these dynamics are supported with passages of Scripture. So I'm going to take time to read the verses to you as well. 
So if you have this book and would like to see an image of what I'm talking about, it's on page 375 of The Divine Conspiracy. Or you can simply Google Dallas Willard Golden Triangle of Spiritual Growth and you will likely find it. But the context in which transformation occurs, picture this in the center of the triangle, is what Willard says is a, is a life that's centered on the mind of Christ. Really, thinking and being centered on what Jesus is focused on, on his teachings, his way, his life, death, resurrection, his coming. The first of these two passages that anchor Willard's contention that the context in which spiritual change can really occur is this being centered on the mind of Christ is Philippians 2, 12 to 15. Here Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. And I think that Willard makes mention of this text because it captures a very key dynamic of spiritual change. There's a passive aspect to it. God who is at work in you, enabling you to both will and work for his good pleasure. God is doing things to bring about your uh, spiritual growth. But there's also an active dynamic. Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying that you are to try and work to earn your salvation, but the implications of what a, sal- a, a life of salvation is. As Willard would say, salvation is a life. It's a life with God that begins here and now. There's active things that we do. So this dynamic of transformation is anchored in the fact there are things that God does, but he involves us to be a part of that in an active way as well. And then along with Philippians 2, Willard also references Romans 13, 14. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Become like him. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the context in which this dynamic of the triangle of transformation occurs. So the center of it is centering your life on the mind of Christ. Now, the first side of the triangle is what we'll spend the rest of our time on today. And then the next two episodes, we'll look at those other sides of the triangle. But the first side of the triangle are what Willard refers to as the ordinary events of life or temptations. By this, Willard means the faithful acceptance of everyday problems. By enduring trials with patience, we can reach an assurance of the fullness of heaven's rule in our lives. Now, to anchor this point, Willard points us to two key passages from the New Testament that I'll read. James 1, 2-4, and Romans 5, 1-5. James 1. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, pure joy, 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. I love that last phrase. And I read from the NRSV version because I enjoy some of the, the phrasing of that particular text uh, for this uh for this passage and and it also is the the text that's used in the life with god bible which has a lot of willard's thoughts a bible really focused on our transformation not just giving us more biblical information but i love that last line here lacking in nothing that's what when we endure trials faithfully that will be the result of our lives and we talked about from psalm 23 for several episodes god's our shepherd in him you lack nothing. And God somehow uses even some of the most unwanted realities of our life to give us unexpected invitations toward change. And I love this phrase as well in verse 4 of James 1. Let endurance have its full effect. If you're like me, we often run from suffering, we try and avoid pain, and we want to escape problems as quickly as we can, and we're willing to change circumstances to do so. But when we do that, and we don't allow endurance to have its full effect, we shortchange much of the most important formative work that God would want to do in and through us. That's why staying where you are is often one of the best and the most important things you can do for your spiritual life. Eugene Peterson, another real hero of mine, had a very memorable line in an interview where he says, Impatience is the besetting sin of America today. Impatience is the besetting sin of America today. So many of us do not allow endurance to have its full effect. But for us to be transformed into Christ's likeness, to experience this triangle of transformation, we must. The second text, Willard anchors this idea of how God uses circumstances to change us is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. What is God about in our lives? It's character transformation. Many politicians today really promise hope without our character needing to be changed. But as Paul writes, and we as Christians above all should know this, real hope comes from right character. And when we have that kind of hope anchored in a Christ-like character, that hope will not disappoint us. It's not a false hope. Because God's love through this hope has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So often, our unwanted circumstances are viewed by us as obstacles to our spiritual growth. 
But I believe these passages of Scripture are contending that we should instead see them as avenues to our growth, as invitations to draw nearer to God through pain and suffering, that we might be shaped more and more into the image of Christ. Trials are like the raw material God wants to use to form us to become more and more like Jesus. So think for a moment about your circumstances, many of which might be highly unwanted. Given the circumstances that God might be allowing, how might he be inviting you to come closer to him or to change? For a lot of us pastor types, the the last two years of the pandemic have been incredibly unwanted circumstances. But I've asked again and again, God, how might you use these things to help refine my character? And in many ways, this pandemic for church leaders has just been a death blow to the ego. It's so easy for so many of us to find our identity and how well we're doing, how many people are coming, how big our buildings are, how large our budgets are. It's all these metric kind of things. But those performance measurements where we have probably found our identity in far too much have just been gone. They've just been wiped away largely. And so who am I apart from what I do? As a Bruins chaplain, that's a huge question, especially with some of the veteran players that we explore when you're not playing hockey, which you won't at some point in your life. Who are you? And for me, these moments have deepened my trust in God, I would say, profoundly. It's easy to trust in God when things are going well. But what about when you're being faithful to God and it just seems to be driving people away instead of to you, causing people to disdain you instead of like you? And then you start to realize how much you can overly emphasize the opinions of others to shape who you are and your well-being. This has been a time, as I've kind of referred to uh, in the past and, and, and made mention of, that this has been an opportunity for me to, to die to the opinions of others, knowing I'm loved by God. And in that is enough. It genuinely is. And I know that to be true in my mind, but sometimes hard circumstances help to weave that reality deep within the fabric of our, of our souls, ourselves. Throughout some of these times of trial, God still has graced me with moments of consolation, and he'll do that for you as well. They're not going to be permanent, but they will, will come. And I could sense that God was just preparing me to be able to handle more and more. Through the suffering, it's felt like there's been an enlargening kind of growth happening in my life. We can remember from a previous episode, Spreading Kingdom Presence, that God desires for us not just to make more Christians, but bigger Christians. And perhaps somehow these were growing pains of these last years to help me be a bigger Christian. By no means complete or perfected because I've still got plenty of my rough edges that (laughs) need to be changed. But perhaps there's been some growing pains. And if we try and get out of that situation, try to escape, we shortchange the profound impact that enduring faithfully can have to help form us into God's image more and more. 
So I'd love for you, perhaps throughout this day, or maybe maybe taking a little bit of time away to retreat, think about how God might be inviting you to grow, to become more like Christ through the unwelcomed realities of your life. Because perhaps these unwanted realities are unexpected invitations for heaven to get into you. So friends, may you let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything in Christ. The Lord be with you.